Welcome to the Pop Culture Cosmos. And we're back with another episode of the Pop Culture Cosmos. It's Gerald Glassford coming right back at you here from Pop Culture Cosmos. Inside Sports Fantasy Football, Game Source, and of course, the Lakers Fast Break. We truly appreciate everyone out there listening to all of our great shows. And if you can, please give us that five-star review wherever you get your podcasts. Plus, if you could like, share, subscribe. Subscribe today to get the latest notifications on when we go live with the air or on the air with the latest Pop Culture Cosmos, PC Multiverse, State of Pro Wrestling, Inside Sports Fantasy Football, great interviews, and more all right here on the Pop Culture Cosmos channel on YouTube or the latest shows that we drop each and every time out. If you go ahead and subscribe today on Apple Podcasts or on Spotify or whatever podcast player you choose. But it wouldn't be a Pop Culture Cosmos without my good friend. He is the mastermind, the evil mastermind behind the Happy Hoarder. Go ahead and check out what he's doing today at the Happy Hoarder right there for you on social media and of course happyhoardercollectibles.com and if you do you will see a whole ton of stuff when you got lord of the rings you've got naruto you've got dc you've got pops you've got other figures you've got so many great video games you've got so many great things there and you can also pre-order Funko Pops and also action figures on the way for Dragon Ball Z and also as well My Hero Academia. It is a good man indeed. You got to go ahead and check him out here and there as well at the Happy Hoarder. It is Josh the Great and Josh, a lot of stuff going on in pop culture in regards to the future of gaming. And I wanted to go ahead and make sure you put your two cents in because I know. This may affect you as well. We're discussing the the Microsoft leaks, right? That's where we're we're headed. Yes, with but also iPhone 15 and uh, maybe okay. a little bit more here and there. But yeah, but the especially the Xbox leaks, which I'll go to a little bit more in detail here in a sec. But how are you? How are you, my friend? I'm good. I'm good. Um, you know, I, as you said, there's a lot of cool stuff up on the Happy Hoarder now. I'm just trying to make the website look pretty. And the pre-order section, you know, I've been working on that for a long time. I just haven't uh, quite finished it yet. So there'll be a lot more, like, cool pre-orders up there soon enough because all the stuff that's going to be available in 2024 is now, um, you know, available for me to order. So as soon as I can get those orders, sorry, get those orders in, I'll put those pre-orders up and you can check out some really cool stuff, statues, action figures, video games, things like that. Really cool stuff. But yeah, www.happyhordercollectibles.com. Well, I need to know when you're getting back in stock, Bluey's Ultimate Caravan Adventures. That's pissing me off that it's uh, not available right now on your site. It's out of stock. I know, I know the the bluey stuff. I tell you, man, like you got to order that <laughs> stuff while it's there because it it's gone. Uh, it's making me mad, man. It's making me mad. I need my bluey. There you go. Hey, you'd be I, surprised. Like I go to the mall, I set am not. Up, blue put some bluey on the shelf, and it's gone, man. I've already heard news reports uh, uh, over the past six months in regards to how popular bluey is the video game coming out yes and as someone who has two daughters that are now teenagers but not too long ago were in that age group for bluey i know that you have to go ahead and get what they're liking out there whether it was the wiggles whether it was dora the explorer or just some of the crazy things that they loved hello kitty at that point in time just mm-hmm. just a ton of stuff out there at that time that they were liking that they were into that they wanted me to go ahead and get for them so i know for a lot of parents out there bluey is the thing that they're going to be getting for this particular generation of children yeah okay so you know it's weird i was i was talking about this with my wife earlier today and a lot of people don't you just will... love the fact that you could have conversations on bluey with your wife yes yes <laughs> but, but we're, we're talking about how like there will never be another era like the 90s again and i know a lot of people will be well bring up all like the how politics and stuff are under the rug but that's not what i'm talking about i'm talking about like toys and like shopping and things like that and during the 90s there's always like two or three 
hot items that kids wanted for Christmas. But now there are so many different types of toys that it's really and some of them are just like a flash in the pan, you know. So if you ordering toys is for kids is difficult, like collectibles. And, and some of them, just to be honest with you, are not meant for kids. Right, right. And like collectibles is one thing because I can order them and they'll they have a, a, a long shelf life, right? Like people will something can come out and six months later they're still looking for it. But with like toys, it once that fad is over, and sometimes those fads only last like you know four to five weeks. And once that's over, nobody wants those toys anymore. So if you order, you know, 20, 30 units of something and you're only able to sell 10 of them, you could be sitting on those other ones for, for months and months and months, possibly a year to two years, unless you set it down to like clearance items. So it's really, it's the world of kids toys is dangerous for, for sellers. But, um, you know, Bluey is one that has stuck around for a long time. Bluey, Coco Melon, and um, Paw Patrol are the three yeah. that you can always rely on to be strong. The other ones- Paw like Patrol the, was huge last year. With the, mm -hmm. when the movie came out yeah yep and the other ones like the gujitsus and gabby's dollhouse like all those other ones even barbie now like it's it's hit or miss it's like some people want them some people don't it's not a guaranteed sell whereas like i go to the mall and i set out my bluey uh coco melon uh other other you know, what was the other one i named i can't remember but a paw patrol i set that stuff out and i it's guaranteed that i'm gonna sell it before the the night's over Wow, that's amazing. Again, it's just following what the latest fads in children's toys and, and you know, detailed on that as far as seeing what you can go ahead and get. It's just truly amazing. But if you want to go ahead and check out what Josh has, the Lord of the Rings, Bluey, Barbie, uh, so much more, My Hero Academia, what, just a ton of pop culture stuff. Go ahead and check it out today. HappyHoarderCollectibles.com. But we do have a great show lined up for you, a lot to talk about. The first thing I guess I'm going to talk about, because I know we're going to get a deep discussion on Xbox, but before we hit our first break, I wanted to go ahead, my friend, and ask you your thoughts on the iPhone 15. I am a Samsung user, tried and true. It's not going to, I'm not going to say this kind of got me interested, you know, piqued my interest. It did raise an eyebrow because of the recent uh, iPhone showcase where it actually showed off the intense horsepower underneath the hood, so to speak, as far as the processing speed by playing, uh, I'd say PS4 and also as well, maybe Xbox Series S and X, which is not the current generation, it's the generation before, but you know, playing games like Resident Evil 4 uh, as far as the remake, the remaster that was done, and a couple other games that were shown off there that were very popular, uh, you know, just recent hits, like even as late as last year, seems to me like it's getting closer and closer to reality of being able to go ahead and play mobile gaming anywhere you want and play as the type of the games that you want. It's no longer just Candy Crush, Pokemon Go, and there you go. It's to getting to the point where we could really start seeing some heavy-duty stuff that only a Steam Deck could actually support. Yeah, and it, I honestly, I think it was inevitable that it was going to get there eventually. Like today, we went to the mall and we saw a guy sitting in the Chinese restaurant Payway um, playing Games Pass on his phone. He had his Xbox controller synced to his phone and he was playing Games Pass. So... Just the fact that we can do that stuff is awesome. I, I look at the iPhone though, and yes, it's cool that people can use them to, to you know do games and there's like Apple Arcade and things like that, but it, it's not there's not enough on the iPhone that is appealing enough to to not use those other services, you know, like the the, the whatever the PlayStation thing is gonna be called or Xbox Live. There's not enough on the iPhone to make you really want to use you know, the, the, what the iPhone has to offer. Well, the only thing I ask you on that then is that's now, but if we see these high level games, if we see these console games that are actually really, really capable of doing this at a high level, really, really capable of going and, and being able to function for gaming at a really high level, even if it's just a PS4 level, but that's still some serious power. I mean, that's still 
the PS4 and the Xbox Series S and X at the time, not the Xbox Series, but the Xbox One, I should say. Let's go ahead and clarify that. That's the Xbox One, S, and X, and also as well the PlayStation 4, which was the previous generation of gaming. The current generation is, of course, the PlayStation 5 and Xbox Series S and X. Sorry about that. Get my Xbox mixed up sometimes. I wanted to go ahead and say that's still more powerful than the Nintendo Switch. So if you now have in the palm of your hands a phone that's more powerful than the Nintendo Switch, which both Melinda and I were you know, just relentlessly joking on after seeing that Mortal Kombat 1 graphics on the Nintendo Switch, it just tells me, my friend, that you will be able in the not-too-distant future play a ton of console-level games on the iPhone 15 or the Samsung equivalent in the not too distant future if not already so here's where i'm standing on that like they have to have the infrastructure to support that right mm -hmm. so apple you get your you know your fruit ninja and they have some cool rpgs like fantasian was really cool and that was made by the guy behind i want to say it was final fantasy 3 but yes there are a lot of cool things coming out specifically for iphone but if they're going to really utilize that um you know that system if they're really going to utilize that, you know, this all this stuff they're talking about, they're going to have to get deeply involved in developing stuff, developing things that people will actually want to use that platform to to play on. Whereas, you know, you look at it, you can Xbox and you know PlayStation's getting there, but Xbox already has something like that in place. So, you know, are are we going to see a a day when games like um, you know, Fallout, Elder Scrolls, Gran Turismo, whatever these these like hot and hot hits are coming out is it going to be ps5 xbox and ios is that ever going to happen well you're going to have like death stranding director's cut my friend coming to the iphone the resident evil 4 remake like we talked about earlier resident evil village the division resurgence and they just announced a the division 3 that's uh coming on the way as far as in development now but the division resurgence assassin's creed mirage which you know very well those are actually games that have already been announced coming to the iPhone 15. That's, I, I don't know, that's, I don't want to say they're like, you know, the top level games because these are all games that were really big in 2021 and 2022. But my gosh, my friend, that's not far off. Yeah, and I don't, I don't doubt that we're going to get there. But here's the thing, though, I will, I will become a believer when I see it working the way that they promise it's going to work okay you know it, it it's yeah i have a you know and i've talked about this before i'm not a huge fan of mobile games man like i i they just have never impressed me so i need to be impressed by this to really like look at it and be like oh yeah this is this is a this is a really really great thing until then like what's the motivation for people to play on ios as opposed to turning on their television at home sitting on the couch and playing you know resident evil or assassin's creed or whatever on a large screen well again it just shows that the the gap is closer than ever before and you and i both have heard and as i reported on on the friday show the nintendo switch 2 is on the way their dev kits already being shown off uh, there's stuff being shown off behind the scenes about the new power and how powerful it's going to be when it's announced most likely next year for next fall as far as nintendo switch 2 or pro or whatever they're going to call it but i really think that you know when you've got a system in your hands that's going to make it uh, i guess even you know just right at the level of a a maybe an inch just a, maybe the beginning of the the playstation 4 xbox one stage you know what the what stuff that the consoles that we got in 2013 and 2014 tells me that that it's just close enough now for a lot of people for high-end gamers maybe like yourself maybe it's not quite there yet but if you're able to go ahead and get a great experience playing death stranding and resident evil 4 or resident evil village those days when we're going to be able to go ahead and get concurrent releases of, let's say, something like Starfield, which just came out, those days are coming pretty soon. And it may already be there based off the fact that Xbox Games Pass already makes it available for you to play them on a mobile platform.
but that is further proving my point though like what is going to what's the motivation for using an ios platform for that you know whereas you still you have xbox and yeah you could play you could play games on the go and stuff but like i would much rather sit down on my couch and play it on a television than play it on on a phone and plus what and I, i guess a big question here too is like every time people sit down to play mobile games on the phone it sucks up the battery life really, really fast. So That's what true. are they doing to remedy that situation? There's just there's a whole lot of things that make mobile game mobile gaming not work very well. So until I see these situations remedied, I am struggling to see like how this is going to, you know, outperform a console. Okay. I don't think that outperforming a console is the goal or should be the goal. I mean well, my gosh, again, outperforming the Nintendo Switch, but that's notwithstanding because the Nintendo Switch is, uh, even when it came out seven years ago, roughly, it was underpowered then compared to the PS4 and also as well the Xbox One. But, right, you know, I, I, I'm not asking it to be as cutting edge as even, uh, you know, what we see with the PlayStation 5 or S- Xbox Series S or X, or even be able to use where you've got the Rogue Ally or you've got, you know, the Steam Deck being able to go ahead and do that. You know, those are those are high-end powerhouses that they're supposed to play the games there that really, really tax systems. If it gets anywhere near that, or if you're able to use it effectively as far as, let's say, Xbox Games Pass, like I said, if you're able to go ahead and play Starfield and it doesn't look like, like dirt playing it and it moves smoothly enough, that's a big step in the right direction for other people that want to go ahead and just have gaming on the go. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and, and I, I, I agree with you. It is, it is a major step, but they're much like Google with like the stadia right there. There's a proving grounds for them. They have to really prove themselves before people are going to, to turn to their platform to play these major releases. I, I hear you on that, and I think there's still there's still a little bit of ways to go, but it is the gap, anyways. Closing, it is getting closer and closer to a future where it's going to be mobile powerhouses underneath the hood for all of these phones coming out, whether it's Samsung or iPhones, because the iPhone 15 just released onto the wild. It has been a huge hit, and one of the biggest areas of improvement is the fact that it's going to be a lot better for gaming going forward. So we want to hear your thoughts on the future of mobile gaming, and if you're excited to go ahead and play console AAA games, which you can pretty much do now on the high-end iPhones like iPhone 15, iPhone 15 Pro, and Max. And I believe also as well in the not-too-distant future for the Samsung models and other models as well. So what is the future of mobile gaming? We'd love to hear your thoughts. PopCultureCosmos at Yahoo.com. For the latest news and information, analysis, and opinions on the Los Angeles Lakers and the NBA, check out the Lakers Fast Break podcast today on wherever you get your podcasts. Well, my friend, there's still much more to talk about on today's program. It's Gerald Glassford, along with my good friend, Mr. Josh Peterson, right here for you at the Pop Culture Cosmos. Thanks so much for watching and listening. It is truly appreciated. But, Josh, I went over this with Melinda. There was a massive, massive, massive Xbox leak, you know, in in relation to the FTC uh, court case against Microsoft and the purchase of Microsoft, you know, with Activision, uh, it looks more and more like even though, F, you know, they gave Xbox a hard time, the FTC lost their case. It looks like overseas, they're trying to clear up all the things there. They're trying to dot the I's and cross the T's. So it's, we're getting closer and closer, Josh, to a completion of the blue magic says my goal in life is to have gerald switch to the iphone now eh, eh, eh. i'm gonna do the famous quote from la Knight. Eh, 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 eh. stand with the samsung indeed uh, iphone has to become really something much better than samsung and right for me to go ahead and make the switch 
You know Joe Soro on the Lakers fast break has his issues with the iPhone already. But I ask you this, my friend. You heard the information, the up the information that was leaked, leaked to the internet because it was put up uh, unredacted to a government website and a process got out there to the world about the future for Xbox in many ways. A lot of game titles being released as far as what could possibly be coming in the future. Some have been confirmed. Some have not been confirmed externally. A refresh of the Xbox Series S and X, more cylindrical and, and a little bit smaller. Uh, the more expensive version, the X, will have no optical drive and two terabytes. And that's basically what I want to get down to you as first as far as uh, when it comes to what we're talking about here. The Xbox Series S and X refresh and the next generation of Xbox due out sometime in 2028 or thereabouts, which was also discovered and leaked out. That will also not have an optical drive. So basically going forward, Xbox, according to these plans, which some in some cases a year, two, three years ago, so they may be subject to change, have no plans for an optical disk drive inside the unit. Thus, people like yourself, video game rest restoration and other things as far as people just wanting to buy physical discs, will have find it a lot harder unless they provide an external option for playing Xbox games on a disc in the future. So what are your thoughts on this, my friend? Because again, for individuals, it's a larger market to buy digitally, but there's still that hard core marketplace. And I'm talking to an individual right now that's really, really you know invested in physical media that really enjoys that aspect of it, but may not get that on the Xbox much longer. Yeah, I will not go silently into an all-digital future. Let me just you let Phil put that out that. plain and clear for everyone to hear. Uh, the, the thing with Xbox, so, and let me start this off by saying, it is in incredibly disappointing the way that all this stuff leaked out. Because, yeah, we kind of knew a lot of this already. Like, it was, you know, there have been whispers and rumors or whatever. But, like, this really, like, removes faith in the whole process, right? Like, the FTC, the the american courts like it, it really just makes you lose faith in their ability to protect your information well they said it was a microsoft uh individual somebody on the microsoft side that you know put it up there unredacted supposedly but you know i don't think the the government the fctc was just like so worried about you know oh, it's up there all right there you go yeah right right, right. but uh, i don't know it's not just, our problem it, it's, yeah, there just seems like there's a lot of carelessness that went on here. Anyways, to, to answer your question about the optic drive, we were it's clear that they were already heading in that direction, right? Like you you go on like PlayStation is the only between the two, PlayStation is the only people that have the full game on the discs. Whereas Xbox, you have to download a good 75 to 80 percent of the game when you put the disc in. And, and so, remember 10 years ago with the Xbox One, getting back to our conversation, we've spoken about the Xbox One so much on this show. The Xbox One was originally released or originally intending to be released as a digital only option. Right, right. And so like that that's disappointing too. Like the days where you can play video games without the internet are it's over. You know, like and I talked about this back when um, Assassin's Creed Valhalla came out you could only save the game if you were connected to the internet. So if your internet went out and you had been playing for eight hours, uh, there's no way you're going to be able to save your stuff. So we, we kind of already saw this future coming towards us, but you know, it does, there is a market for physical games. I mean, I, I, I don't know if you would agree with me when I say that, but even if people don't, even if it's something that people can't actually like put into a console, like people will still pay money for, a disc and a case and like a nice collector's edition. So does it bum me out that Xbox is trying to go all digital? Uh, not really. Cause I mean the, the newer generation of video games, they're not, they're not as collectible say as the stuff that went back to, um, you know, PS2, I think is the last era of gaming that really had like collect has collectability and, and holds value to it. But um, you know, looking at Xbox, it 
you you see what they want though they want to have like have an app and smart tvs they want everything to be digital and this is part of their uh accessibility plan which i think is cool but you know at the same time i just like i remember being a kid and loving seeing like all and still as an adult like i love seeing the spines of my video games in the shelf and like moving forward it just people aren't going to get to experience that which is kind of sad but at the same time like what is removing like the cost of physical media going to help them further their goal of making gaming accessible to everybody and if the answer is yes then i guess like i don't really have a choice except to uh you know move forward with it and and, and agree with it and but again it does affect you i know that get the reseller market the second hand market which you know I'm sure that Microsoft and, and Sony are not, and Nintendo, none of them love that that market in the first place because they don't get a, anything from it. So don't expect them to shed a tear uh, for individuals such as yourself or anyone else, like our good friends and our big supporters at Retro City Games here in, in Las Vegas. They will not shed a tear for those individuals that are reliant upon that type of business because, again, they don't see any any part of it if you know from right. a second hand yeah so i think that that for them is 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 very important and it's also very important the fact that that you know there's cost issues it just it just always kind of bothered me that i have to pay 70 dollars for the same game in digital form that i do in physical form it's really unfair and it's really oh, unfair and it's really it's never been really addressed on any type of uh corporate or government level why that is yeah no i absolutely agree with you and that that was the whole thing like when digital the when the digital market opened i think back in the um was it the xbox one era or xbox 360 era right like you could pay 60 dollars for a physical copy of gears of war you could pay like 45 dollars for a digital version of it which was you know which was fine but now you're still paying 60 to 70 dollars for these digital copies and it makes you wonder like what what exactly are you paying for now uh devotion and i want to bring up some of the comments here before we head to the break on the half hour break i wanted to say devotion 70 dollars for a game is just cr criminal now i would have expected them to be cheaper by now devotion if we go back to the 90s a lot of the games were 70 and 80 dollars if i'm not mistaken i actually when i was reselling them you know when i was working for a company that resells they were quite often in the 60s 70s and 80s more often in the 70s and 80s especially the super nintendo at that time and nintendo 64 they were they were always high price the thing that gets me the most josh is when you ask me like for instance nba 2k which just came out recently and I went over this back and forth with TJ Johnson on last week, or excuse me, two weeks ago, where we went back and forth on the validity of, of $70, but requiring certain microtransactions to get through the game and not making them just optional. We're talking about huge chunks of the game that you cannot progress through. After you've already paid $70, you still need to go ahead and through microtransactions. Those are the biggest things, a point of contention for me. $70, I get, I get it. It's still very expensive. But with the cost of these, uh, you know, making games, it's still, it, that, it's, that justifies. It's yeah, it's yeah. just, it's justified there. But $70 on microtransactions, that's where it gets me the most. You know, Tears of Joy brought up a good point where he says, you know, you're right that they were always high priced, but things like music and movies have gotten cheaper to consume than video games. Good and point. that's, you know, that is it, yeah, it is a very good point. I think, you know, we're looking at like AAA video games are the price of of making them has gone, you know, up astronomically. In that same court case, uh, what was uh, the Last of Us Two was like two hundred and fifty million dollars in that range, I think, something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I mean, the great thing though about video games, is, you know, especially things made by Ubisoft and Square and, and uh, you know, devs like that, like a lot of the AAA titles will, you know, with the exception of Nintendo, they actually drop, you know, to you know cheaper prices within the the first three months that they're out. So you go out and buy something on Black Friday, and you're gonna end up paying, you know, half of what it was on release day. So. Yeah, I mean, and that's where like the digital thing kills me because you you don't get discounts like that in a digital marketplace. You're listening to the Pop Culture Cosmos. 
Rob McCallum Films is back with a vengeance. Power of Grayskull, the definitive history of He-Man and the Masters of the Universe, which chronicles the ultimate 80s billion dollar franchise, Masters of the Universe. See exclusive interviews and hear untold stories from the people responsible for creating the world of Eternia, a place full of magic and science, and learn about the craft of creating action figures and animation. Power of Grayskull is just one of our many projects at Rob McCallum Films. Once again, it is Josh, the great Josh Peterson, and me, Gerald Glassford. Thanks so much for watching and listening. It is the Pop Culture Cosmos. We truly appreciate it. We're streamed all around the world on Facebook, YouTube, Twitch, Twitter, or wherever you get your podcasts, plus also great radio stations worldwide. Go ahead and support HappyHorderCollectibles.com. One of the things, though, I wanted to ask you, though, leading back into video games, was something that was also mentioned in the chat. Heavy Duty said we can stream music, but not really games. I assume the streaming market for video games is an area for growth. Cloud, games in the cloud, absolutely correct, Heavy Duty. It is a market for growth. And that was one of the original points of contention in the FTC, not the FTC end of it, excuse me, but the European Commission in regards to fighting the Activision Microsoft purchase by Activision purchased by Microsoft is the fact that they saw cloud gaming even though it takes up, what, less than 10%, probably even closer to less than 5% right now, Josh, of the gaming that's played out there. It's something that they see in the future. It's something that Microsoft sees as a big part of their future. I'll tell you why, my friend. I I just got Xbox Games Pass when I got Starfield, right? So I'm, you know, I've been playing a little bit of Starfield here and there, but I wanted to go ahead and test the waters out and see and be able to, on my Xbox Series S, how good the cloud gaming experience is. Now, I got a chance to play a couple games like Atomic Heart and the latest Serious Sam on there, even though I wish I wouldn't have played this latest Serious Sam because it unfortunately is not like the Serious Sams of old. It absolutely seriously sucks. But Atomic Heart, which had the worst uh, prologue I've ever seen as well, that was truly boring. But I was able to clearly go and be able to actually experience it almost fluidly, almost 100% fluidly with no issues. And that was coming directly from the cloud, saving me and freeing up the space on my hard drive. So I want to hear your thoughts on this, my friend. I know you're in an area where you are not as fortunate as you have yeah, and I have experienced with your internet, but about cloud gaming being a possibility for more people down the road. Yeah, I, I love cloud gaming in theory i love the concept of cloud gaming but i have yet to see it executed in a way that one would call flawless i because with, with mine the Xbox... was pretty good my experience was pretty good last night i will tell you that it was it it was better than playing it on a playstation the previous generation you know with a lot of loading times and whatnot the loading times were much less intrusive to me last night yeah, and I've, you know, I've played, you know, back when the uh, Xbox Cloud Gaming came out, you know, I, I spent some time playing Forza Horizon on it, which was, it was cool, but here's the thing that bothers me about this, is you have to be hooked up to a strong internet signal, or you have to have, I think it was LTE active on your phone in order to have, like, a decent gaming experience. So if you're somewhere, the whole point of, of cloud gaming is to be able to play on the go, and so if you're somewhere where you don't have access to internet and you're not necessarily using LTE or on 3G or 5G or whatever, you're not going to get a good experience with cloud gaming if you even get any experience at all. And so that's until that, until they find a way to remedy that situation, um, you know, it's still very conceptual to me. And I don't blame you. Like for most of the world, Josh, it is conceptual. I mean, I I guess I have better internet here than most here in Las Vegas. So I'm not going to, you know, I'm not trying to brag. I'm just telling you, you know, my experiences with it that I have the experience I think that Xbox intends to give you with cloud gaming. I just know it's not going to be as uh, fruitful and beneficial for 90% of the world right now at this time as, as what I'm experiencing. Yeah, exactly. And so this is where, you know, things like the Switch, even though the Switch is is graphically superior to, you know, PlayStation and Xbox or even things like Steam Deck or whatever the Asus one is called, is still going to be a more desirable experience in cloud gaming because 
you're downloading games onto a hard drive versus you know streaming them from wherever your your home com- from streaming them from the cloud yeah again it, it depended on on your internet availability mine actually was pretty good so it was a great great you know pretty good experience for me but I realize, you know, that that most of the world has not quite up to that, uh, caught up to that experience as of yet. So we'll wait and see on that end. But I do know as Internet gets better around the world, the cloud gaming experience will become more and more prevalent, which leads us back into the Xbox issues going forward. Again, no optical drive. If it, it probably it probably will, they probably will have an attachment at some point in time you can get it connects to the usb and they'll throw that in there for 152 they did it before with hd dvd i remember right. when they had that yeah so that's something that's going to be there but that's just that step alone will severely diminish the marketplace for reselling which i think is one of their ultimate goals so uh yeah so if you go into like target or walmart or um I guess you Best even buy. say Best Buy. Like the the you'll notice that the video game section is severely diminished. Like they are ordering less and less, and it's because they are making less and less uh, you know copies of these games available. So you know, looking at that, having an optical disk drive attachment would be great but we're almost at a point where like who is going to sell them you know like you talk about the resellers who who is going to sell them you know and there, there's all these stores are going to be getting it seems like are going to be getting rid of these these um sections because nobody is buying them and they're just harder to get a hold of so if they were to make a an optical drive that attaches to it who's going to supply the discs a good point you know if it's not feasible for these companies to go ahead and do so that's going to be something where even a game series like limited run games limited run games that that's the future for nintendo sony and playstation limited run games who actually limitedly runs a certain amount they're only put out but they put out physical media they're really of no use if it's just if the world goes to digital you know companies like that you know secondhand sellers a lot of people and companies are going to be affected by this. But again, uh, you know, when the marketplace is already 80% or whatever, you know, really high majority is digital purchasing. It's really harder and getting harder and harder to argue a all against an all digital future. But you said you wouldn't go down without, you know, in the night without screaming a bit. Yeah, I, you know, I'm not going to, I'm not going to say, oh yeah, I totally agree with this, but you know, the, I, it doesn't sound like I'm going to have a choice if I want to keep up with modern gaming. But of course, you know, I'm still as a as a someone who sells games myself, right? I'm still going to. There's still going to be a market for me when it comes to nostalgia. I can still buy and sell old PlayStation titles, PlayStation Two titles, and anything up to the point where they just stop making discs. There will still be a market for that, and the the demand for these when people realize that video games are no longer going to be physical anymore, the demand for old physical games is going to go way up much like in, in COVID people like stopped and they're like, Oh, Hey, my, the games of my childhood are becoming harder and harder to find. So I'm going to buy all of them. And that caused the value of those games to go way up. So you're saying I should hold on to my physical copy of for the xbox one nba 2k 17 you really think that's going to be a lot better it's worth a dollar now sports games are a whole different story (laughs) most of those are worth practically nothing but you know you have old rpgs and and even some shooters like you you can the value of those holds pretty well absolutely Uh, if you ever want to know out there the value of a game relative value you know you can go to ebay and all this stuff but pricecharting.com is pretty much the universally thought of uh in place to go for for values and things of that nature so it'll be great to see exactly how this is going to shape up whether or not there's going to be any room for physical media or like josh says it could raise up the value even more for physical media whether it's older or newer 
hopefully it will for the Xbox series because you know you I see all these videos, my friend, on YouTube and whatnot about collectors, and it's always Nintendo. It's always uh, Nintendo this, Nintendo that. A little bit of PlayStation here, PlayStation there. But Xbox gets very little love in regards to the collecting world because I don't know whether it's the value that they're number three in most of the generations, except for the 360 generation. But even the 360 generation gets no love. So maybe that will change people's minds on the Xbox as far as the value of their stuff going forward as well. Yeah, I mean, anything's possible. I don't know what the most valuable Xbox game or sorry, Xbox 360 or Xbox One game. Out period. There. Xbox game, period. Yeah, but I know, well, I mean, you know, thing, things on the original console are considered nostalgic now, and people are are buying them. They're just not some. buying them for some. Yeah, they're just not buying them for prices over, you know, over $100. That Fusion with. Frenzy game that you got with the system ain't going so high, my friend. Oh, my gosh, but that game is amazing. <laughs> I, I got so many hours out of that one. I may look. Um, let me look up that uh, price chart here before I before I speak out loud of that. But I have. I just remember being given away with the system at the time. So I'm like, oh, that you know. And then of course the Halo games. You know, depending on the Halo games, because there's so many out there, it's understandable if that's the case. If it's not really shown its value. But my friend, overall, some great things that were shown out there. Unfortunately for Microsoft, but great for us. Uh, before we hit the break, I do want to ask one last thing, and then we'll go into the games after the break, and then also on Netflix as well. Your thoughts, though, on the controller, the haptic controller. I mentioned it before on the Friday show. It's something that they plan to use going forward that they will go ahead and introduce to the marketplace. It looked really interesting. It's called the C-Bill right now, the S-E-B-I-L-E, -E, new Xbox controller that could be on the way. Uh, talking about, again, haptic control, uh, more like the PlayStation 5 in that aspect. Your thoughts on that as far as being able to go ahead and immerse yourself even more with this type of controller? So let me tell you right now, like I play a lot of games on the PlayStation because of the controller. I love that controller. And just the way that like they can send, you know, vibrations to your hands at different like different strengths to kind of help you realize like it helps immerse you further into the game. And then even I don't know if you ever played Astro's Playroom and you have to like blow yes. air into the sensor and the controller. And it just there, there's so many things you can do with a haptic controller. And if xbox were to come out with that like i would probably play a majority of games on xbox it's just it's the controller is great and it allows you to do so many more things it opens up more um mechanics on the game that can be explored and i think that every console should have a haptic controller now they're stupid expensive though Yes, that's true. And I'm sure when this comes out, it's going to be stupid expensive still for an extra controller like that. But yeah, make sure everyone looks out for that that really wants to enhance their gaming. I will say before the break that if you have a copy of Fusion Frenzy that's kind of loose out there, already been opened and used, only 10 bucks. But if you got one brand new, my friend, sealed, $125 right there. Yep, and yes, some of them I'm sure are still out in the wild because remember they came bundled with the system and not everybody wanted to play it, so there could be some out in the wild waiting for you. There you go. Find your fusion frenzy today. You're listening to the Pop Culture Cosmos. Don't touch that dial. Wait, do, do people still use dials? If you're in the Las Vegas and Henderson areas and are looking to buy, sell, or trade the best in classic or current video games and pop culture collectibles, there's no better place to go than Retro City Games. From Xbox to PlayStation, Nintendo to Atari, the great crew at Retro City Games provides the best place to go for all your gaming options. Stop by their two awesome locations in Henderson and also the Las Vegas Strip or follow Retro City Games on Facebook and Instagram for all the latest deals and new items. Without a doubt, there's no better place to go for your gaming needs than your friends at Retro City Games. 
But before we head on out, my friend, I wanted to go ahead and talk about some of the games that leaked out. Uh, you know, some of them have already been introduced as far as, you know, already been announced by Microsoft and already been talked about already. And some have actually even come out in the market. The memo that involving on this one, some of them were released in 21, 22. They got some, they got some memos even from earlier this year. But this one was uh, a memo from 2020. Uh, a lot of it Bethesda-based games, uh, things of that nature. So what are your thoughts on a possible Fallout 3, Elder Scrolls Oblivion remake or remastered? You haven't, you know, they said remake, but it could be remastered. You never know. There could be a new Ghostwire Tokyo on the way. There could be a new Doom Year Zero, which could be a prequel to all the events of Doom. Dishonored 3. Uh, Arcane Studios doing an, you know their own other game. There's also the folks behind Elder Scrolls Online doing their own online MMO as well. What are your thoughts on all the games that were leaked out as far as the future for Microsoft? Uh, yeah, I mean, they're definitely, I mean, they sound cool, but I ask you this, Gerald, does anybody truly have time to play a remake of fallout three or oblivion <laughs> would you okay would you really because i remember everyone was stoked when they're like oh yeah they're remastering skyrim and then they sat down like oh no i forgot that i spent 300 hours playing this game and i don't have time for that anymore because i have five children is that still in the wrapping that is uh no Oh, okay. I was like, I have play, I've told you I played 100 last week. I told you I played 130 hours of it. I on on file. I've had to rebuy this game like three times, and I will rebuy it a fourth time for uh, a remaster. So yes, I or a remake. I don't. It will it be? I'm hoping it'll be a remaster because that game needs remastering. It doesn't need just like a little touch up here or what 2K did the other day. You know what they released out there to the Switch as far as whatever they did that actually that port for the PS4 that they ported over to the Switch on, on Red Dead Redemption 2. They need some real time, or at least go with the mods. There's so many mods out there on Oblivion and Fallout 3. Go with some of those and run with that because they've done a really good job out there. Oh, yeah. they could, I mean, they could remake a game at almost zero cost to them because somebody's already done it. So Just pay off some mods. There you go. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But, yeah, I mean... Obviously, like I would buy a copy of Oblivion and I'd play it, but I, I don't know if I'd like finish it. Like I, all this stuff sounds great. I told you I last theory. week I, I've got to go back into the and start the main. I don't even remember where I started with the main story. I stopped with yeah. the main story because I went off on the tangent for a hundred hours since. So I gotta I gotta do maybe I need to do that just to get back into the main storyline once again. Yeah, here's the thing, like people will always, there will always be a market for games like this, you know, it's Doom, Year Zero, if it's a new Wolfenstein, like whatever, there will always be a market for those games. Um, I don't know, but Dishonored 2 didn't really do so well, so I don't know how, yeah. um, or, you know, or also Ghostwire Tokyo, is, that one was kind of puzzled me as far as why a sequel would be coming out for that. Yeah, you know, I played, I played a few minutes of that one, it wasn't, not probably, you know, not not the funnest thing I've played. Maybe I need to spend more hours in it, but I know people were surprised yeah. that Deathloop Two was not part of that package. That they didn't think well enough of Deathloop Two, which actually was very highly rated. I don't know how well it sold, but I thought that game, you know, got enough sheer acclaim to warrant a sequel. Yeah, and no, I mean, I didn't actually play it, so I don't know if like it ended in a place where a sequel was possible for it, but. Uh, you know what I do want to address, though, before we sign off for the night, like this uh, leak that Xbox was is hoping in the future to buy Nintendo. It what was, are your yeah, thoughts that's, on we, that? we talked about. Yeah, Melinda was like really hard on uh, the uh, obviously Phil Spencer on that. He, I'm sure the email was tongue in cheek. Uh, I'm oh, absolutely, sure. absolutely. Yeah. Like I don't Nintendo would never sell, and I don't think Phil thought that they ever would but he was just using it as an example but the internet was like losing their mind over it i thought their opinion of baldur's gate 3 uh, and that they thought it was like a second run stadia game 
uh, in these memos that was leaked out. I thought that was kind of like a, a shot at them. And I think they're eating a lot of crow today that they showed really no, I guess, really no, no impotence, no, no hard drive to go ahead and get that on their platform as fast as possible for their consumers because they were really worried about the X and S uh, co-op uh, having the same thing. They had to finally relent on that once they saw the millions being sold on PC and the fact that the PlayStation 5 was going to get a three or four month head start because of what they, you know, the type of things that they did. They, they like most of the other public out there, really had no clue that Baldur's Gate 3 would be such a huge success. Yeah, yeah, and that's, you know, that's unfortunate for them, but they're not, you know, they're not going to hit all of them just like playstation doesn't have everything that xbox has to offer and yeah i'm sure they like they looked at the um remember they were slow to get onto the cross-platform wagon too and then they saw like oh Still. hey we're missing out on these sales and you know but granted there are a lot more games that you can play from like playstation to pc to xbox these days than there were before so i think they're starting to see the monetary value in that and they're like oh okay just like xbox is you know they're they're gonna make some missteps along the way, and you know who knows where that's gonna lead them. I'm hoping it will lead to an Elder Scrolls Four Oblivion remaster. That's what I'm looking forward to, if that's the case. Uh, actually, a remake, just entire you know new uh, you know just type of recreation of the Oblivion platform would be awesome for that. As I mentioned on the Friday show, and I'll keep on mentioning it, but. I'll keep my fingers crossed for that one. But if you have thoughts on all the leaks that Xbox, you know, that happened to Xbox last week in regards to their future plans, we would love to hear your thoughts one way or the other. Or are you ready for an all digital future with no physical media or very hard to find physical media? Please let us know your thoughts. PopCultureCosmos at Yahoo.com. Well, my friend, before we head on out, I wanted to go ahead and talk to you about something that you, as our anime expert, should be very familiar with, and that's One Piece. One Piece, I know you still were trying to go ahead and get a chance to check it out. I recently checked it out, thought it was really good, uh, you know, much, I guess I've come to grips with the fact that it is going to be much more successful than Cowboy Bebop was on Netflix. Uh, One Piece has already been renewed for season two. It seemed to have been very popular with people out there. It has done well. It's actually, I thought, a really fun watch. I do recommend it. And this leads into what could be the future of live action anime adaptations, as we've seen, uh, you know, of course, with The Last of Us on HBO, how well that's done is from a video game, live action adaptation standpoint. If you take it seriously, you have the right people in place. This time they had the creator heavily involved with One Piece, came off as, as a success. You've got Gundam next year, which you already said you were looking forward to. Is there any more animes you think would translate well to a larger audience because that's why one piece is so successful it's not just catering it's always say it's not just catering to the market that everybody is familiar with it's catering to the marketplace that people that are unfamiliar with this product before are really getting into now yeah absolutely i think that uh, outlaw star would make a great one because it is a very grounded series right and and people we people love their sci their science fiction, so I think if they were to do a live action Outlaw Star, I think it could be pulled off very well. Um, and, and obviously, you know, Dragon Ball is one that people have been clamoring for, and all these rumors that Disney owns some sort of live action rights to it is, is something that's been getting people excited for a long time. And Dragon Ball can open up in you know an entire cinematic universe, and then. You know, I, I know people want like a, a Naruto and things like that. And there's it's funny because like all the good ones have already been done poorly. You know, whether it's like Bleach, Full Metal Alchemist, uh, Attack on Titan, Demon Slayer could actually be a good live action series because it's it has it's grounded enough. You know, there are some like more fantastical elements in it, but it's grounded enough to really, um, you know, bring in fan like the, the sorry the narrative is grounded in reality enough to really bring fans of that people who aren't fans of the anime into the show itself but i ask you 
are there any that you would want to see? Well, that's a, I mean, Cowboy Bebop was on the first and head of my list. I guess you're going to hear me say this before, and, and you, as you've had heard, heard me say this before, and I'm going to tell you again, uh, for me, anime s- starts and has almost stopped, but starts just getting back into anime once again, finally, after so many decades, with Akira. And I know a live-action adaptation of Akira has been on and off and on and off and on and off and on and off. I don't know if it's still on right now. I mean, even with even coming out of the strike, when we come out of the strike, whenever that happens, if it's, you know, there's actually something definitive in place because it seemingly, you know, gets into production, then it gets canceled, it gets into production. I would say for me, Akira, that's where for many as far as classic anime starts and that's where i think should be the the ultimate in what you do and i'm not sure if you do that in a series or if you do that in a movie format so let me let me follow that up by asking a question here we go blade runner right blade runner and blade runner 2049 absolutely amazing films blade runner 2049 was great you know but it. the audience fell off of it, right? There's, or it didn't really, it didn't have the audience that it wanted. It was to a have cult. It. it was a cult hit, cult movie over many years. But when they made, they they tried to Warner Brothers tried to capitalize on it. It's really hard. It was really hard for them to go ahead and understand its audience how much nostalgia. You know, the the nostalgia plays right. is always a question on exactly whether or not you should do or not. I mean, like you said, 2049 is a fantastic film, but Mm -hmm. it's it's might not it it only reach a certain amount of audience. So I have it's just there's a there's a large audience out there that may not understand what what it is all about or may not get into it. They may not see it. They may see it as slow or what they may see it the way in many ways that Ridley Scott. Really, Scott saw it as far as you know that's concerned. What he's right. complained about over over the years, which he shouldn't, because it's really well done. Yeah, it's amazing. But here's the thing, though: like a lot of people that watched it just didn't get it, and that's where I ask you with Akira. Akira is an incredibly complex film. It would look beautiful, and I would love to see a live action version of it. I don't think I'd want to see it in a streaming format. I'd want to see it in like a two and a half hour film. Okay. Christopher you, Nolan. Yes, yeah, absolutely. But do you think that people would get it today? Do you think there's an attention span st- still lingering out there that's long enough for people to really sit down and digest this film? That's the problem. I think the answer would be similar to what you saw with Blade Runner 2049. Now, mind you, Blade Runner 2049, however we've said about it, has earned enough praise over the years to warrant an Amazon series coming down the line. So it hasn't done, it didn't do well enough for a blockbuster hit, but it did well enough to, you know, to continue the series going forward. Maybe this, whoever, however way it's done could do the same thing. It could continue the fascination or at least bring back to life uh, to people that are unfamiliar with this product or unfamiliar with anime or unfamiliar with Akira, a new light into taking a look at it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and that's that's also <clears throat> that's also very possible. I would, you know, I'm and I'm not saying that it shouldn't be done. I would love to see an Akira because that's the one I always tell people like you need to watch Akira, you need to watch Evangelion. Like those are the two old school animes that really challenge your brain. And if you want to be an anime fan, like this is where you got to start. So if, if you have an anime that you would love to see become a live action adaptation we'd love to hear why please let us know your thoughts popculturecosmos at yahoo.com well my friend it's been a great episode i cannot thank you enough as always for stopping by any last thoughts on the happy hoarder before we head on out so i'm actually getting these they're called um, the lightning collection remastered and it's going to have a remastered version of the black rangers the first one and it's supposed to be highly collectible. And I'm going to have them up on my website next week. So check back maybe on Friday and you'll be able to hopefully get your hands on one. But just keep shopping. We're going to have some new Pokemon cards up from the 151 collection. So be on the lookout for those. 
Plus, we just got word that the studios and the Writers Guild have come to a tentative agreement on a new deal. So it looks like that strike is ending for them. It's just the studios and the SAG strike to go. So hopefully we'll get more word on that and some positive things going forward for movies and television coming up here in the cosmos. So for Josh Peterson, this is Gerald Glassman. It's another beautiful day in paradise right here in the Pop Culture Cosmos. We thank you for listening. And here's hoping you have yourself a great.